Good afternoon. It is Friday, March 12th. Joined here with Frank Karras, lead snow ranger of the Avalanche, Mount Washington Avalanche Center for our weekly pod outreach podcast. There we go. Frank, you're not wearing shorts. No, I have to change. Take? What does it take to wear shorts? It's 50, 53 degrees down here. Yeah, I guess I, I should have done that. I was wearing flip-flops yesterday, if that makes a difference. Yeah, it's been quite the warm-up this week uh, for anyone that's been out. It's it's a early preview of spring. Uh, going from full winter to, to full spring mode, things are, things are rapidly changing up there, and this weekend is no difference no different. Um, I got out there a couple days this, this week. How about you, Frank? I was up in Huntington on Sunday. And then the last few days I had to run away to get away from uh, it all and uh, go rock climbing in the sun. I drove about six hours South to enjoy, uh, some pretty fine rock climbing weather. First rock climbing days of the season down in the gunks, I was told. And we nailed our window for that. But, uh, kept pretty close track. The guys got out a lot and kept an eye on things and reported back and um, had some sloughing going on as things warmed up. You know, it's really uh, tricky as uh, for conditions um, for quality skiing as well as avalanche conditions when you get that first warm up of the season. A lot of ranges with softer snow go through, you know, what's a full like shed cycle where they're just shedding these layers built up on weak layers and uh we get a little bit of that but our snow's firmer so it does tend to to hold up a little better under those first um spells of warm weather where it largely settles the snowpack down we got six inches of settlement at hermit lake and the last three days i believe so that's that's pretty significant um a little bit of melting but mostly just you know, settle, settling down. Yeah, that's substantial. You posted a video. Uh, when was that? This weekend. Yeah. Was your video showing the ice crust up high on the ridge line. Yeah, that was on. Um, that was we took that Sunday afternoon. We had climbed up diagonal, and that's when that ice crust was really visible. In fact, I was looking at your social media. Saw you guys. I think we're up there the next day. And I remember looking at you all standing on the snow in the Alpine garden and you're like fully, your crampons were completely on top of the snow. Like, oh yeah. That is hard. Just like a 16th of an inch of your points were in the snow or ice as yeah. it was. Yeah. Not fun to ski that e either. It will, you know, your feet will start to itch from the vibrations. You, yeah. Ter terrified about chattering out of your skis. Yeah. But really dynamic snow as you move off the ridge line and catch some of these pockets of, you know, wind slabs starting to build up and kind of heal mm -hmm. into the winter conditions. We poked over to, I think Oaks that day and back mm -hmm. over to Tuckerman ravine. And yeah, you had to find those pockets of snow that was bonded to that crust layer. And, and yep. they, were, they ranged in depth, but overall it wasn't very deep. Yep. Yeah. There were some people, um, looking hard and, suffering through that ice crust to, to go skin over and find that good snow. And that's what it takes certainly this time of year. And it seems like those wind slabs were pretty well glued on. I know climbing up through diagonal, we didn't really have any concerns um, in most areas, a little bit heads up on places where you can actually feel the um, hollowness and texture of the snow beneath change as we got into thinner spots 
over rock slabs. That is a, that's a thing to think about um, now. Well, you know, the activity we saw that was um, over in Crawford Notch was all layers, thinner snowpack over um, um, rock slabs. So, you know, you get a little bit of melting and you get water lubricating that bond. And uh, sure enough, stuff was popping off um, on that, that face in Crawford Notch there. Not much snow left over there. I just went over this morning to check it out and the snow was was a little bit wet on the surface there is still some dry snow in the shady aspects more towards the you know ammo side but crawford notch itself those western and southern aspects are pretty hammered down ice climbing mostly gone and um um and all the, those gullies, landslide gully and shoestring and all those. Like, yeah, that window shut fast. You didn't, didn't get those done. Once, yeah, yeah. Next year, once those rocks start to get exposed, it goes fast. Yeah. The high angle sun and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those rocks just reflect and radiate the heat out. So, yeah, it's our, uh, our available terrain shrinking and heading up in elevation. Mm-hmm. But the good news is you look around some of the ravines and... They're yeah, loaded. they're fine. They're loaded. Plenty of snow in there. Yeah, plenty of snow, and it's really only uh, it's March twentieth. You know, we get some big storms in April. I want to say maybe April is one of the bigger snow months. Maybe the second biggest, or mm-hmm. it was definitely a net gain last year. Um, yeah, for sure, some big storms then. So, so then you're looking at this weekend, and it's like go in for this this thaw cycle. We're gonna we're gonna things are gonna lock up pretty well. Um, temps are dropping tonight and then not really warming up much this weekend. In fact, getting colder heading into next week. And at this point where, you know, for things to be like safely skiable again, we need more snow or we need things to warm up. So yeah, what do you think's going to happen first? Um, I think we might get a little bit of snow this weekend. I think we were talking about that a little earlier. There's a discrepancy in the some of the forecast models showing a larger amount of snow for Saturday night. Um, OBS is sticking with trace to one at this point. We'll see another avalanche or another, um, see their forecast cycle this evening um, to confirm that as we get closer. Um, But yeah, some sort of precipitation coming Saturday, really not anything to get your skis out for. It sounds like it would be just a little bit of dust on crust down lower and certainly uh you know with the ice crust it's going to refreeze and form tonight um you know i would think it's going to be pretty grim in the in the alpine after that little bit of snow on sunday particularly with the temperatures dropping again and winds hitting what 80 to 100 again for a period um that's going to tend to scour it down or either scour it out completely or create those really pencil hard wind slabs um so yeah yep it's tough so you know looking at the hazards and risks we're going back to this really firm crust presumably if you're going to go out tomorrow from everything that's been sun affected yeah or heat affected so yeah and i don't think you'll find dry snow on the no you will not find dry snow on shady aspects like you might might in some other ranges because we've had you know we hit 39 on the summit yesterday ambient temperature and um 
that's just enough to create a melt freeze crust on the surface that then is going to freeze up. So it'll, at best, it'll be a breakable crust, you know, that you would have to ski on. Um, you might be able to stay on the surface, but yeah, it's not, your best bet's going to be to try to follow the sun at lower elevations this weekend, which may be a ski resort that allows skinning or some lower elevation glade that still has snow. Um, I can't see it warming enough. Um, tomorrow, I think the high temperature on the summit's going to be six degrees, which in Hermit Lake elevations or ravine elevations can translate to maybe 15 degrees. If that, and with the wind we're going to have, it'll be enough to keep softening from occurring. Mm -hmm. The same down here in the valleys, we're going to be in like that kind of 30 degree range. Yeah. So nothing, it's, it takes a little more for, for things to warm up than that. So, I mean, there's yeah. like lots of opportunity to do other things. Like you said, you get on the groomers, you know, things that break up the crust and make them better. It's almost like we saw with the Sherby and the Gulf of Side ski trail get skied up enough during the crust, after the crust of oh, it, yeah. it got significantly better. Yeah. It wasn't like perfect, but. Yeah, it is interesting how skier, skier grooming, natural skier grooming is happening. Uh. Well, I mean, that's that's about it. I mean, I guess we'll have to talk more and look, look into next week. Ooh, heading into Inferno on Saturday. Yep. Yep, Inferno is interesting coming up. conditions. Again, mm -hmm. going into prediction of, like, where can people ski? Where can they set the course for that event? Yep. Yeah, we'll and have to. Our only chance is to poke into Hillman's, and it's going to be, it would have to be, conditions would have to change. Yes. Yep. We'll need some warming. It's getting a little warmer on the summit. Thursday, they're calling for 24, 25 on Wednesday. You know, that's pushing above freezing um, at the ravine elevation. So it's conceivable. I, I know the main goal is to be able to ski to the parking lot. Nobody wants to run an inferno after <laughs> walk down, no. put your skis on your back and walk down. So, you know, maybe we'll be able to pull off um, something up in Hellman's. Uh, the little head wall's blown out again. Um, it barely froze over this winter, and uh, it's back to a waterfall. So, now, Just out of curiosity, I didn't look on, on the Friends of Tuckman Ravine site. Are they requiring full Abbey kits? Yeah. So Beacon Shovel Probe. Yeah, Beacons at least, actually. That's a good question about the shovel and probe. You know, they, they really do all go together um, in my mind, but for racers, um, check that detail. Curious, because Be we're just beacon. renting out some stuff, and I know there's usually a beacon check um, yeah. as, as a requirement for the skiers or anyone in avalanche terrain. Yeah, that makes us feel better. I, I suppose you could argue that shovel and probe aren't necessary for racers because there's enough enough other people around with shovels and probes. But I guess if you're a diehard traditionalist, you probably carry your own tablespoon and mini probe or something at Plastic least. Sandbox shovel. <laughs> exactly. And the carbon mini probe. At least to help assuage your guilt if something happened yeah. that you couldn't help. Yeah. Well, well, the conditions will certainly change again this week. Um, yeah. I'm hoping, yeah, I'd hope for more snow. I'm not ready, ready to go into full spring mode that was nice to put on some sunscreen mm -hmm. so looking into this week thursday night 
uh, that's March 18th at seven o'clock. There's a woman's backcountry panel happening. Yep. Yep. That's zoom link to that. Yep. And then a week from that night, we have um, Jake, our friends at Tuckerman Ravine, president, talking. Um, he's worked a lot with the military and was in the military. He's going to talk about um, sort of another perspective on some of the topics we've talked about with the cost of cost of risk, basically. The, some of the costs associated with accepting more risks than you might need to and ways to break uh break things down in your mind for for communication or just for thinking about things um so that should be interesting informative coming at it from another angle than just the tired uh facet you know heuristics um so that should be good as well and um that's probably going to wrap up we may have another avalanche awareness talk i'd like to try to do something about spring skiing um, in talks in these other places, it's a little bit strange, you know, I think probably the listeners of your podcasts are the ones that we worry less about. I'm guessing almost everybody listening to this is going into the terrain with some kind of sense about how to manage themselves in their group and in avalanche terrain, you know, probably one thing that might be interesting is to people to figure out how to talk to people who are assuming there's you know, low is fine to be alone or, you know, I was just talking to the guys in the breezeway here about encountering people up in golf slides who are by themselves. Um, so yeah, yeah. These, uh, these folks that are getting more educated and carrying beacons, probes and shovels now are now confronted with, all right, well, what if I trigger something on this person hiking up below me who is carrying a Jansport book bag? which I know does not have a shovel and probe, much less a beacon anywhere near it. So these are tough, tough topics. You know, it's a, it's a community and this community here has had a long history of, um, you know, spring skiing rightfully in isothermal terrain with our snowpacks and not having a lot of concern about avalanches. Um, and that's crept into kind of the, the fabric of the whole tuck scene. And, um, I think people, uh, who have been following, you know, or learning about avalanches know that we break from that. Uh, we have these outlying avalanches, even in spring conditions. And some, some of them can be quite big and, uh, you know, it's just a bit of a damper when you're out with a prepared party doing what you need to do to stay safe, moving one at a time when somebody like posts up right in the boot or below you or skis down on top of you. You know, this kind of stuff is frustrating for all of us. So yeah, there's hard conversations coming in the future for everybody. <laughs> no, it has to, it's like the out, outreach so yep. it goes beyond this podcast to, you know, all you can do is educate yep. try to, and, yep. and try to do it in a respectful manner. And yep. we see it here in the shop. People, they, Maybe they want to rent an ice axe and you ask if they have crampons and they're like, no. Or like, do you, are you going to avalanche train? Do you, do you know about like, you know, a avi kit and what that yeah. entails? And, you know, you just lay it all out there and just, again, try to change the culture of the traditional spring tuck scene that's encroaching more into winter time. And, yep. and then you get days like this week where it's like people feel like it's spring skiing because it feels like spring skiing, but it's still winter. 
Yeah, dry snow, snow underneath, yeah, wet snow. It's not like, yeah, it's not your traditional spring snowpack. Um, yeah. You know, so anyways, I, I think, yeah, we're still going to have that spring rush. Yeah. Provided things don't take a catastrophic, catastrophic turn. Yeah. Um, nothing shuts down this year. And I don't know. It's been like another thing. It's like it's been a year off. Like think of all the people that missed out on their spring tuckies trip. Yeah. 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 Yeah, somebody mentioned that the other day. That that may very well be the case. We may be extra busy with pent-up um, skiing that didn't happen last year. We'll see how it goes. And we're, we've got a skeleton crew of ski patrollers and, and hopefully these, these kind of podcasts and people just telling their friends to keep in mind that low doesn't mean no. Um, we'll at least reduce some of these more catastrophic incidents limited to the long sliding falls or <laughs> sprained knees or whatever the heck else that, that always goes along with 2000 people in avalanche terrain. Yeah. yeah. But thanks for your efforts to do this and to do what you're doing here in the shop and getting people to look at the big picture too. No, it's a fine line when you're out there and you see someone and you, you feel like you want to chastise them for not doing something safely or that you think is safely like safer um that you really just want to help them out and how do you do that in a productive manner yeah and not belittle them or you know be like what are you doing out here by like you're saying by yourself without without the right gear yep um so yeah i've been guilty of that and trying to just be better about it and yeah start a conversation like you know how crampons and stuff can really enhance the experience and be more efficient and, yeah and actually right. save time and yeah I don't know. Um, that's a good one. And my, one of my standards is about the, uh, the beacon probe and shovel. There's always the cost argument. And my, my thing is like, well, you know, that package you could probably get for 400 bucks, right? Beacon probe and shovel. Oh yeah. Rot that maybe even less. And how much is your, your typical pair of backcountry skis and bindings? Probably twice that. And people are replacing those every, what, three to five years, maybe. Maybe longer if you're maybe me, maybe 10 years. <laughs> but anyway, I try to put that spin on and then people will make the weight argument. It's like, well, a shovel is, you, you know, useful for other things besides just digging somebody out caught in an avalanche. Like you get halfway up a slope and it turns boilerplate. You can always pull out your shovel and dig a little platform to get your skis on with your buddy or... I've used my ice or my shovel as a self-arrest tool. Yeah, that was your pro tip last year, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't don't tell anybody I said that. That's probably a yeah. sketchy little pro tip, but <laughs> hey, plastic it's better race, than nothing. My plastic schema race shovel out. <laughs> totally. You could use it as a sled. You can integrate those into uh, either a sit-down butt sled if you broke in your ski. No, not really. But you could make a rescue sled. Yeah, you can. Yeah. So, anyway... Yeah, there's ways to have those conversations that are not condescending. And, you know, I think by and large, the people I encounter that are by themselves, when I talk to them, they know they're not doing the the right thing, but they couldn't find a partner. And I can relate to that. You know, I've been there myself. And, you know, you're taking more risk. And at that point, hopefully, you can just have a conversation about toning the risk down a little bit or somehow integrating them into your team and telling them you'll be at least be eyes on for them. And yeah, 
I don't know. It's a community responsibility discussion, really. Yeah, well, I we, we hope you have a quiet weekend up there. Um, yeah, for anyone getting out. Joy. Good day for a hike. Good day for, for some cramponing up the summit, maybe. Yeah. Or skiing in the glades down, down low. Great. Well, enjoy your weekend, and we'll touch base next week. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you.